0: Please listen carefully.
1: Hey, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Laura Farley. And I'm Erin Barton. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice.
0: Today, we conclude our three-part journey discussing escrow. woo I was just going to say I think we should have some... Party music. Party music or sounds of crowds cheering entered at this place. Yeah, I agree. Uh, This week, we're going to focus on escrow accounts in property management. I mean, hey, property management is a
1: party. (laughs) Let's get to it. So let's start with the basics. Escrow compliance for property management is really complicated, and brokers and salespersons that hold these deposits must be really familiar with both the Virginia Residential Landlord-Tenant Act, the VRLTA, the Landlord-Tenant Act, also known as the common law, and the board regulations regarding the maintenance and management of escrow funds.
0: Parties should also be familiar with whether they are dealing with a lease governed by the VRLTA or the common law.
1: If you're using Virginia realtor forms, then
0: you're going to be under the VRLTA. Both the VRLTA and the regulations state that all rental security deposits, application deposits, rental payments, and other money advanced by the client or expended on behalf of the client must be deposited in a properly labeled escrow account unless all principles to the transaction have agreed otherwise in writing. Because we have limited time today, we're going to focus only on security deposits. Although there are many types of escrow monies in the property management field, just for time purposes, we'll talk about security deposits today.
1: And we have resources that address all those other ones too. So you can just check our website and get information if you've got questions about those other ones. So a security deposit, let's define that, and that's going to be any refundable deposit of money that is furnished by a tenant to a landlord to secure the performance of the terms and conditions of a rental agreement, also known as a lease, as a security for damages to the leased premises or as a pet deposit. However, such money shall be deemed an application deposit until the commencement date of the rental agreement. So let me break that down just a little bit and what that means. Any money that is refundable or could be potentially refunded to the tenant is going to be considered an application deposit until the commencement date of the lease, and the commencement date is the date that the tenant becomes entitled to occupy the property.
0: And any security deposit held by a firm or sole proprietorship must be placed in an escrow account by the end of the fifth business banking day following receipt. It's a little bit different than earnest money deposits Uh, it's the fifth business banking day following receipt of the money unless otherwise agreed to in writing by the principals to the transaction right
1: so you said receipt and you emphasize receipt because in sales it's from when the contract is signed but here it's not from when the lease is signed or when the lease is effective it defaults to when you get the money unless otherwise agreed right correct okay let's talk a little bit about disbursement of this money now that you've got it Unless the landlord has otherwise become entitled to receive the security deposit or a portion thereof, the security deposit shall not be removed from an escrow account required by the lease without the written consent of the tenant. When we talk about entitled to a portion of the deposit, that means if money has to be taken out of the deposit during the term of the lease to perform repairs or something like that. Under the VRLTA, the landlord may apply all or part of the security deposit, which includes any pet deposit, towards damages to the unit or past due rent during or after the term of the lease.
0: So within 45 days after termination and return of possession of the rental unit, the landlord must provide a written security deposit disposition statement. This statement comes partially from the move-out inspection. It includes a list of all the damages that were done to the unit and any money that's going to be deducted from the security deposit to pay for those damages. If there's no deductions from the security deposit, the landlord returns the security deposit to the tenant. How does he get it back to the tenant?
1: Where it goes is the tenant has to leave a forwarding address before the end of the 45-day period. If the tenant doesn't tell you where to send the money, then you just keep holding on to it. If there's no forwarding address, the landlord will mail the security deposit statement to the tenant's last known address, but will hold on to the actual security deposit unless the tenant tells the landlord of an appropriate address. So oftentimes the last known address is going to be the apartment or house itself. You don't want to send the check there and leave it just sitting there. So we're going to just send them the statement. And then once they tell us what the address is, we'll send it. So Erin,
0: what happens when there's no forwarding address? So if you have no forwarding address, the landlord may continue to hold the security deposit or one year after the expiration of the 45-day period, so one year and 45 days later, the landlord may pay any balance left due to the tenant to the state treasurer as unclaimed property.
1: Okay, so the landlord has the option, or in this case, it's really the property manager has the option of after a year and 45 days from when the tenant moves out, I can either continue to hold it two, three, four, five five years, or at a year and 45 days, I can send it to the state treasurer if that's what I want, right?
0: Correct. So if you are clearing out your escrow account and firming up your accounting records, yes, you can turn it over to the state treasurer as unclaimed property, and there's a process to follow for that. So, All right. So question, Laura, what happens if the landlord transfers the rental unit? As in they sell it to someone else? Sure. What happens to the security deposit then that the landlord or the property manager was holding?
1: Well, if the landlord transfers his or her interest in the unit to a third party, so they sell it to a new owner, the landlord may transfer the security deposit to the new owner after notice is provided to the tenant. So in this case, you don't need the tenant's permission. You just say, hey, tenant, I've sold the property, here's the new owner, and I've sent the security deposit to them.
0: So that makes things much easier. Yes. Well, let's take it to the legal hotline. We definitely have plenty of questions on property management and security deposits to pick from. Our first one is, when using security deposit funds to make repairs, Does a landlord have to provide invoices or estimates as part of their itemized breakdown for the cost of the repairs?
1: Well, under the VRLTA, the landlord does not have to provide an itemized receipt, but he does have to maintain itemized receipts and the tenant would be permitted to view them during regular business hours. If under the common law, it would be whatever was set forth in the lease. So Aaron, is my company in violation of escrow rules by forwarding the security deposits to the landlords, even if we're disclosing in the property management agreement and the lease agreements?
0: It's fine for the landlord to hold the security deposit, but it could be problematic for the money to come to you first and then go to the landlord. Right. The regulations state, notwithstanding anything in this section to the contrary, unless the landlord has otherwise become entitled to receive the security deposit or a portion thereof, The security deposit shall not be removed from an escrow account required by the lease without the written consent of the tenant.
1: So if you're removing the security deposit from one escrow account, that could be problematic if you do not have the written consent
0: of the tenant. Correct. All right. All right. Final question. My tenant did not provide a forwarding address and has not claimed his security deposit. Can I move the funds out of my escrow account into my operating account?
1: Absolutely not. The landlord may continue to hold or after one year and the expiration of the 45-day period, the landlord or the managing agent, as the case may be, may pay any balance due to the state treasurer as unclaimed property. If that money's in an escrow account, it does not get moved to an operating account except in very, very limited circumstances. So, Erin, let's talk about a couple ways that we can limit our risk.
0: First, know the forms that your firm is using and their deposit provisions. Review the leases, review the property management agreements, and be very familiar with the deposit provisions for escrow money.
1: Second thing you can do is take classes in property management, which includes security deposits. And one great place to do that is at the Virginia Realtors Property Management Conference that's every year in the fall. There are a lot of really great classes that cover everything property management related.
0: Next, brokers have the knowledge to supervise the security deposit handling in your firm. Get the training that you need. We have a broker office policy manual and we will be releasing one this fall for property managers, property management firms. Get the knowledge that you need to supervise escrow and to train your agents. Absolutely.
1: And the last way to limit your risk, as Aaron was just starting to say, was you need to be really proactive in training your agents. As brokers, make sure your agents understand what they have to do because you have ultimate responsibility. So thank you everyone for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and rate us on whatever platform you're using. Remember members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with general legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Thanks everyone.